0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to my show, of Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, leaders, and interesting allies like my guest, Ivan Knox, who's with us today. And these are podcasts, you know, wisdoms that will really help you feel inspired and ignite conversations. This is your host, Priyanka Kumla, joining live. Ivan, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Priyanka. I appreciate you having me.
0: Thank you. So, Before we get started, a quick call to our listeners, do subscribe to our YouTube channel, Karyup Startup Podcast, and you can also find a podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. So stay tuned for interesting episodes like the one we have over here. So today we have Ivan, who is joining us from Atlanta. He's the founder of Caffeine Marketing, and he's also a small business investor. And here he is with his home office slash garage, which has some wonderful setup. I'm, I'm really intrigued by the colorful lights that he has behind him as well. So excited to have you on the show, Ivan.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, my um, garage office is progressively getting more and more into an office unless a garage. But to, just recently, like two days ago, I put up insulation on the walls, or of the walls of the actual garage door. So now it actually feels like a office instead of a garage.
0: That's awesome. See, great entrepreneurs start their lifestyle by working from their home office, which is typically a garage. So I see some success stories align over there.
1: Yeah, basically Mark Zuckerberg, right? Like the same thing.
0: (laughs) Right. Hey, Um, and you've done very well for yourself. So caffeine marketing to our listeners makes profitable marketing easy for small companies. And today we have some interesting questions we're going to uh, ask Ivan. So three things that we're going to talk about is, A framework to go business, especially amidst COVID. Two, a tactical marketing strategy, right from Ivan's killer uh, books that he, uh, killer strategies that he's uh, worked on. And three and the most important of all is his journey through adversity and how he has shaped himself into such a successful, uh, you know, small business owner. So truly excited.
1: Thanks. I'm, I'm excited too. Awesome. So Ivan, let's get started. Tell us, where did you grow up? So I grew up in the Atlanta area, kind of like the northern suburbs of Atlanta, in a kind of like normal suburb home, you know. Um, My dad was a business owner, my grandfather was. um, And yeah, it was a good kind of southern life, you know, whatever you think. I had a really thick accent in high school of a typical Georgia boy. But I eventually lived overseas um, for a couple of months and had to get rid of that accent so my friends could understand me.
0: You know, that's a very interesting nostalgic memory from childhood, right? Everybody goes through those kinds of struggles trying to assimilate.
1: Yeah, 100%. And well, it was interesting because part of, I guess, part of my journey um, out of high school is I wanted to go serve with this organization called YWAM. So it stands for Youth with a Mission. And I left directly from high school to go do that. And the area that I grew up in was a, a fairly affluent area. And the graduation rate at my high school was like 99%. Or no, I'm sorry, not graduation rate, but um, go to college rate was like mm-hmm. 99%. So I remember the principal, he was the same principal that I had from elementary to middle school. There were separate schools, but he fortunately was able to like track through the whole time with us, which was really cool. And he pulled me in his office. His name's Gary Davidson. And Gary was like, um, Evan, what's the deal? Like, why don't you go to college? Like, you're like one of like four people in your class of 700 that's like going to college. And I just really thought it was important to take that season of my life to go serve um, other people when I didn't feel like I had other responsibilities. Like now I have a wife and also a one year old. So I don't think that I could just go over and, you know, live in a different country for a little bit. So I felt like a good option for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you took on opportunities when you had the time and you know the appropriate energy to invest in them. Just go and figure out what life has to offer.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I feel like Part of that is that growing up in, I was not at all a small town. You know, Atlanta is not a small town, but in my own little world, for sure, and going to live in Australia for a couple months and then Thailand really taught me that, hey, I'm not the center of the universe by any means, and Americans certainly aren't, and I could learn a lot uh, from my friends. I had a lot of friends that were from Europe and Asia, and it was just, yeah, completely eye-opening, for sure.
0: So Ivan, the way I see you is, you wake up excited every day to help business owners and entrepreneurs like your dad and your granddad, you know, tell us a little bit more about the
1: backstory. So I was working at a nonprofit, you know, in the same line of like service and stuff like that. I was working at a church in Charlotte and part of my role was marketing. And I had always loved marketing. Originally at first, like fell in love with marketing with my grandfather. He would take me aside when I was a preteen, so like 12 or 13 years old. And he would teach me, hey, Evan, here's what we're doing. We're going to place this ad in the Atlanta Symphony and it's going to have these details. And most people forget to, I, I remember him telling me, most people forget to put the phone number or the contact address or where to show up. And so he just started teaching me a little, you know, Bits like that and strategy bits that ultimately just helped me fall in love with the marketing strategy aspect of it. But fast forward to about four years ago, and I was working at this nonprofit, and my dad had unfortunately passed away during that season, and my grandfather was about to retire. And so I thought, you know what? I can't help my dad and my grandfather anymore, but I can help other small business owners like them to make marketing profitable. So that's when I decided to move down to Atlanta and start caffeine marketing. So, what is one tip?
0: for marketing that you would provide to today's small business owners as part of your learning?
1: Well, my favorite has to be a StoryBrand tip. So StoryBrand is this organization in Nashville and I'm a StoryBrand certified guide, but so I'm, not, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna steal it from them, but it's to not play the hero of your own marketing. It's instead to play the role of the guide. And what I mean by that is that most companies, they think that they just have to talk about themselves. And if they just told people how awesome that they were, that people would wanna buy their products and services, but in reality, that makes them the hero of their own marketing messaging. When, it, when most clients and customers actually want a guide, they want someone to help them win the day, avoid failure, and can ultimately show them a clear pathway on how to get there. So if I could get you know all the business owners or business leaders or anyone responsible for marketing out there to see that they need to shift their perspective and say, hey, how can we position ourselves as a guide with empathy and authority here, I think that's the easiest way to make your marketing a whole lot more profitable.
0: You know, that's a very interesting perspective, Iman, because everybody's focused on telling how awesome they are, not just in marketing, the way we project ourselves on social media, say, for example, versus, you know, just being a guiding force to help your end consumers decide, is this the right product fit or is this a person that I want to follow?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I there's a guy that I really like. He's the pastor of our church. His name's Andy Stanley. And he talks about everybody wants to have meaning in life, but nobody wants to be a means to an end. And I love that because ultimately we see I like to see ourselves or Kathleen's role as to serve other people. And I think that the role of a guide is ultimately a position of strength and not of, you know, weakness. You know, I think sometimes it could be like, oh, you're just coming alongside of them. You're not sure you can help. No, the guide has actually been there, done that, and won the day. They know how to get it done, but they're there helping other people because they have the strength to do that.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, it's interesting when we hear these nuggets of wisdom from people around us. And the biggest challenge is how do we really implement
1: it in our day-to-day lives? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel that. And I always have to be reminded, you know, it's, I'm here to serve and uh, thankful for the many opportunities that we get to do that.
0: And I'm glad you're focusing on creating impact to the community through caffeine marketing. Tell us what exactly caffeine marketing does and some of the challenges that you've helped your consumers, uh, you know, overcome.
1: Yeah. So most agencies function as sort of a menu of services, which I guess has its place. Uh, But we ultimately saw an opportunity to come alongside people as more of a a partner and say, hey, we're going to make this profitable for you. So instead of you trying to figure it all out and go, okay, I need to hire this PPC company or this SEO agency or somebody else to do my social media, ultimately what we wanted to be is the person that's going to be there to make sure that it's profitable for them. So we start initially with a strategy session where we get to know the business, um, Their obviously their targets, their goals, their revenue, their margin, um, what, it, what they're already doing as far as marketing goes. And then we design a strategy from the ground up for them to start. So that's the starting point. And then from there, that might look like websites or advertising or sales funnel. It really depends on what's going to be most profitable for that client. So that's, I think, a kind of a key differentiator for caffeine marketing. And we also use the story brand framework, which, you know, obviously a big fan of
0: that's amazing to hear. You know, at the end of the day, how do you really customize your strategy towards your end client? You know, that's really crucial rather than, you know, a one-stop solution that wouldn't fit all your customers, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think that, you know, as you brought up an interesting point, which I've actually been thinking about a, a little bit late, uh, lately, which is that a lot of businesses are the same. And what I mean by that, I've been reading this book called Fix This Next by Mike McCallowitz. So... Shout out to Mike, if you ever hear this. Um, But what it essentially says is that like human DNA, 99% of our DNA is the same, but it's the 1% that looks a little bit different. So the foundations of marketing are generally applicable across all different types of businesses, but it's the actual, is it Facebook ads or is it Google ads? Is it LinkedIn or is it, you know, whatever, or YouTube videos? And so we have to look at each one of those things as like the last 1% and customize it for each business in order for it to really be profitable.
0: That's very interesting to hear. What advice would you have for small business entrepreneurs who are hit hard by COVID, the pandemic? Uh, any framework for success that you could share
1: with our listeners? So I think that there's probably a couple of different types of businesses right now during this season. Obviously there's the ones that are just, you know, roll like business as usual. Um, there's also some that have really skyrocketed and many of them being the larger retailers, which is okay. And then you have kind of like two other types of businesses that I think you could still do something with. Now, I'm not talking about the company that's just like, hey, shut down, we can't pivot, which by the way, I think that most companies can pivot. I've seen some really amazing um, things happen there. But for example, a company that has additional staff resources right now, um, they maybe don't have a lot of, you know, stockpiles of cash, but they do have staff I think there's plenty of opportunities for them to redeploy existing staff in a way that's profitable. So even though your you know, various uh, team members may not be marketers, if they could write blogs about whatever key subject matters they're really good at, then that might be a good way to redeploy their time and to keep them around. Then the other side is that if you have a lot of cash reserves right now, which surprisingly some companies do, which is awesome, I've we've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of them who see this as like, hey, we want to come out of the gate just guns blazing. like We want to just come full force um, and take as much market share as possible whenever we can relaunch. And so we've had those companies come to us, and we've worked branding, messaging, websites, sales funnels, and putting all of that in place so that whenever they're ready to go and actually sell their product or service, they're going to essentially crush the competition. So what's fascinating is one of our... Clients was kind of like number two in their market, and recently the obviously the pandemic um, happened, and then all of that shut down, so they couldn't do business essentially for 45 days because they were not considered a central service. Um, there was the shelter in place order here in Georgia, and then since then we reset up everything. We've tried to optimize the dialogue everything in, and then now we're above and you know above and beyond the number one in the sector. So it's really cool. That's
0: uh that's really good advice to a lot of entrepreneurs who are trying to figure out how do we really pivot in these challenging times. What is one advice you would have uh, to be a great leader?
1: So I think what I've learned about leadership has mainly been probably under the people that I've liked, uh, I've least liked being under. And so I think in those seasons, I was able to distinguish things that maybe I'm not perfect at. So I'm not coming in this from a way that, hey, I, Evan's the best at this. But more so, this has been my biggest pain points when I was underneath leadership. And one that stands above the rest, I think, is self-awareness. And so I was incredibly frustrated by when I would have a leader who would immediately lose influence of me and would lose all my buy-in. Um, because they would be so blind to whatever emotions that they might have and how that affects the people around them and not just having the emotions but the actions and words that they say based off those emotions and the decisions that they make for that organization. So I think if a leader can grow in self-awareness they can obviously see where they're weak um, they can find people to compliment them in those areas and then they could build a team around them that's really you know a great feedback loop to help them get better. but you have to be willing to ask the question what's it like to be on the other side of me and have that? um constant self-awareness growing
0: you bring up a very amazing point Ivan uh, you know because leadership is a two-way street right you got to have mm-hmm. constant feedback as to how your team is actually perceiving you and at the yep. same time have a better sense of how uh, you're projecting yourself as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I mean I think that we can talk about wanting to do that all day but I I think when I've really gotten into the business space here and even some of my partners who I think are awesome people, I know that we can get so caught up in looking at P&L sheets, expense reports, that you know. in some of these companies, I'm a partner in like a half a dozen companies right now. And it could feel sometimes like you just focus on the numbers. When in reality, I feel like it's really important for me to take a step back. Again, I'm not perfect at this, but to send that team member, that project manager or whoever a message and say, hey, what can I do better on my end to help you do your job better? Or like how is it to be on that side of me or do you feel okay um do you feel is it clear all that stuff so definitely not perfect but i feel like it really helps our team get buy-in and add stability in the workplace
0: and you know what Ivan, leadership is a learning experience right we continue to mm-hmm. you know learn from you know some of the uh, feedback that we get and sometimes through our own practical experiences
1: yeah you're totally right and that's not to say that, you know, reading books is not helpful. I certainly think it is. Um, I think great leaders are readers. I'm sure that that somebody said that a thousand times before, but it's true. But it's this attitude of, hey, I can always be getting better and I've not arrived. And I think whenever we've got the feeling of arrived, we've really not arrived. Very true. Now, let's talk about your
0: own personal journey. You've stood through adversity uh, you know, some of the challenges that you faced in your childhood. And here you are as a successful small business owner who's trying to create an impact in the community through caffeine marketing. If I may ask, what is one thing that you always said to yourself as you created a better version of you amidst all these different adversities that you faced?
1: Well, it's interesting. So, and I I would agree with you. I think that, you know, definitely have faced adversity. Sometimes i Somebody recently asked me, "They're like, well, if you had a book named about you, what would it be called?" And That's I thought amazing. something like resiliency, but should be truthful. Every time I think something like that, I go, "Man, there's people who have overcome way more than mine, and I feel like mine this is just a little blip." But I'll own my blip. So part of my little blip was that my dad struggled with narcotics when I was in high school, and obviously that affected our family and um, the implications of having a dad who or a family member, or even a parent who's addicted to drugs is super hard. Um, But I remember driving in the car with him and he uh, he was driving and I'm sitting in the passenger seat. I think I'm like 14 or 15 at the time. And we were coming back from some road trip and I didn't know for sure he was on drugs, but like my parents were getting a divorce. It was crazy. Like all this stuff is happening and I'm like 99% sure. And so he's giving me advice, you know, just noted, right? Divorce, all that stuff, and everything's crumbling, is losing his business. And he's giving me advice about something. And I'm thinking, I was so mad. And I was like, if you just did this, like if you did the thing that I like you were telling me, we would we'd be good, you know? And in that moment I couldn't have articulated it like this, but I something shifted in me. And I said, You know what? I'm not gonna be a victim. I'm not gonna let you dictate my wise decisions. And what I mean by that is like, I don't care where the wise, like where the wisdom's coming from, if it's wise, I wanna do it. Even if it's coming from my dad, because part of me was like, just cause it's coming from you, I wanna not do it. Just cause I'm so mad at you. And so I was not gonna be a victim and I was choosing to like, have my own internal locus of control, I think would be the correct term.
0: I like the way you actually put it together, internal locus, uh, you know, that's, that's an amazing and a very powerful way to look at life.
1: Yeah, I think because we can all become overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that's happening in this world right now, um, even our immediate world, you know, like our everyday life. And so I think if we just throw our hands up and go, there's nothing I can do about it, that's not a good way to live life. It doesn't bring purpose and meaning and joy. And if I can go, you know what? I can, can't control everybody, but I can't control me. And that's just what I'm going to focus on.
0: That's very true. It's it's more about how do you respond to situations rather than just being reactive, right? That's what we talk about in terms of being mindful as to how you control yeah. your emotions.
1: Yeah, it's funny you, you mentioned mindfulness. I've been on a slight mindfulness journey over the past couple of years, um, doing a little bit more and more of that practice. And I noticed that when I feel things in my like, you know, meditation, whenever I will, you know, feel angry, I feel pain. If I'm sitting some way, I'm actually later in the day, I've got a better gauge. I'm like, if I feel emotions about something, I can kind of realize it a little quicker and go, Oh, okay. Because emotions are not bad. They're good indicators of what's going on. But I just don't want it to control my life. So I like having a good handle on what my emotions are.
0: That's an excellent piece of wisdom, Ivan, you know, not letting emotions control you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that so many, I I can't, I couldn't even wrap my mind around probably the amount of decisions I've made around emotion and not even like anger, but just maybe fear or insecurity or whatever, you know, I'm sure that all of us don't even quite understand the impact that, our emotions make on our businesses. So, like, for example, in, in some of the businesses that we acquire in investing, it blows my mind. It completely blows my mind. The PL sheets of these companies, like, you will have owners who are just sucking the company dry. And I I can't brag my mind, around, but I think they're caught up in this lifestyle with these people, their community. It's almost like they don't. Want to not spend because they're afraid of what people think is my only thing that I can think of. And I'm not trying to judge them. I just, I can't quite, you know, wrap my mind around it. So, anyway, but yeah, we're all driven by emotions. If we can have a better hold on them, we cannot be victim to them.
0: Very true. And that's a reminder to all of us to, you know, be a champion of our own lives and, you know, pick up those pieces of the puzzle and be strong and advocate for our own self.
1: Yep, 100%. Because it's so easy, right? We could just go, you know what? What was me? The system. You know, I think obviously there's people, like I mentioned, who have had many times worse situations than me. But just kind of like my thing. I was like, you know what? I, just because no one was going to pay for my college didn't mean that I couldn't be successful. Um, just because, you know, my parents were getting a divorce doesn't mean I have to be a statistic. I wanted to work the system harder than the system was going to work me. So
0: I like the attitude.
1: (laughs) I'm an Enneagram eight, which is like a personality type, which is probably influenced by all this stuff. And yeah, it's very like, come at me. Let's go. You know?
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing those, uh, you know, very dear to heart moments of your life with our listeners. Really appreciate you being open about those vulnerable moments. Yeah, for sure. Now let's pivot a little bit. Talk to us about your killer guide on how to build a winning sales funnel. What's one takeaway that you can share with our
1: listeners? I think it's first, I'm glad you brought it up because the sales funnel is really, it's like a Lego kit. So if you've ever put together Lincoln Logs or something like that, imagine that for your sales funnel, but it will teach you step-by-step how to make your marketing profitable, starting from your website. Uh, The only thing it doesn't include is advertising, but yeah. So one tip on there would be to, create a clear call to action on your website. So when you go on your website, if you don't see a big red or green something button on the top right, you're missing out on sales because people don't understand how to work with you. I can't tell you how many websites that I've been on where there's a contact us somewhere. And I'm like, do I contact them if I wanna work with them? Like how does this work? So your website, the first sales tip would be to make sure that you have a clear call to action on your website in the form of a button. You know that's
0: such a simple classic strategy but most of us just overlook it
1: yeah and it i mean it's chock full of stuff like that so if you know creating copy that actually sells people want to pay attention to um, it's got some really practical applications of the story brand framework in there so i highly suggest it's on caffeine.marketing as well as evanox.com if somebody wanted to check it out
0: awesome ivan and um we'll have it Yemen, on our podcast episode notes as well. So our listeners can actually take a look at it. Are you ready for a fun rapid fire on with us?
1: I am. I'm really excited for this.
0: Okay. So you tell us the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following role model.
1: My grandfather.
0: What does happiness mean to you?
1: It means having joy and mainly in relation to my faith. So having, when I think happiness, I think happiness is cheap. I really want peace and joy in relation to my faith. I don't know why, but that's where I go. What is one fun
0: thing about Evan that you haven't shared with anyone, but exclusively now with our
1: listeners? (laughs) Um, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I've only been doing it for a couple months. So I'm not that good, but I really enjoy it. It's kind of funny to go to a gym and roll around with a bunch of people on the ground. So...
0: (laughs) Hopefully when the pandemic lifts, you'll have more chance to actually venture outdoors and do more of it.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that, yeah, it's funny. It's You have all kinds of precautions at this gym, but yeah, it's not social distancing, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Hopefully the world returns to its normalcy sometime in the near future. Yeah. Final question to you. What is your native language and one word to describe yourself in it?
1: Mm, English and resilient with the qualifier that i mentioned earlier so just that i keep showing up and um, keep grinding so i always think that like back to high school i'm just kind of like your average guy and i just thought to myself and even when i play football i may not be the fastest or the strongest but i'm gonna outwork everybody here in the gym and that's the same way i feel about business like you're just not gonna outwork me
0: you know, I love the confidence that you have uh, in the work that you do, be it personally, professionally as well. What is one parting thought that you would like to share with our listeners?
1: So I think it's really easy to get caught up in what's going on in our lives and every day. And I think a great way to distinguish between what matters and doesn't matter to you as a person out there is asking the question, what matters a hundred years from now? Or does this matter a hundred years from now? So if I get worked up about a situation or a client um, or like recently, like we're doing some real estate stuff and say a tenant drops out. I Immediately, I'm like, oh, no. But if I go, does this matter a hundred years from now? No, it really does not matter. So kind of centering question, I feel like.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Evan Knox, uh, the founder of Caffeine Marketing and an awesome small business owner and, and investor who's focused on creating impact to the community. Really appreciate you being part of Curry Up Startup podcast. And to our listeners, the three key takeaways on our Career Up Startup podcast with Evan Knox, uh, who's the founder of Caffeine Marketing. One, own your blip. And you don't have to be a victim of your situations. I love that. And two, as a leader, have self-awareness. That's very critical as you work with teams and businesses. And three, and the most important of all, have a call to action, which could be as simple as you know, subscribe to our newsletter or find a way to work with us as part of your marketing strategy. So thank you so much, Ivan. And uh, the killer guide that uh, Evan Knox has on his website, how to build a winning sales funnel is an absolutely amazing material that you need to lay your hands on. So go ahead and check that out. A link would be available in the description of the show notes. Uh, Thank you so much again for being on our show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was awesome.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And to our listeners, do subscribe to our Career Startup podcast on YouTube, as well as your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until another episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Bianca Komla, signing off from Career Startup podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders and interesting allies, just like Evan. Thank you.